what, what are you laughing about already? I'm just so happy about this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story. I'm Joseph Dorowski. And I'm Todd Mack. Todd, we're trying something a little new in our intro. We're going to try and personalize this podcast. We've been doing it for a year. We've got some core listeners. So how has uh, your your new year been so far? New year's been great. Just started classes, and uh, I'm feeling totally energized and excited for the new year. So I'm ex- feel as good about, I feel as good about teaching today as I, as I did uh, when I started. You know what I call that, Todd? I call that what do you call the that? first week of the semester. <laughs> hope springs eternal yes. i am excited to get back to podcasting uh listeners you haven't had a break we've been able to release one each week but we had banked a few extra episodes so that i could go on vacation around christmas time <laughs> and so we haven't recorded for a few weeks so we're gonna see if there's any rust as we get going here how was how was vacation it was great i took the fam down to do a little road trip to southern california and visit a land of magic called Disneyland. well done and my daughter really enjoyed the Star Wars ride, so I consider that mission accomplished. <laughs> I have this feeling that if I took my kids to Disneyland, they would just cry the whole time because they'd be afraid of everybody <laughs> wearing like a mask and costumes and things. So I did, I did not see as many characters walking around as I expected. I've been to Disneyland for a grand total of like three hours in my life before this trip. <laughs> <laughs> and the impression you get from commercials is that you step in and there's Mickey. That is not the case. Huh. Was, they were they were not hanging out the days we were there. I've not been there for a very long time. We should probably get started. Yes. So this week, we're going to be talking about Julio Olmeda and Alicia Alacón from the Spanish television series Gran Hotel, or Grand Hotel, if you want to search for that on Netflix, which I recommend that you do. The series ran from 2011 to 2013. Julio is played by Yon González, and Alicia is played by Todd, do you know how to pronounce that name? Amaya Salamanca. Amaya, okay. Amaya Salamanca. The first two episodes that we're talking about today were written by Ramon Campos and directed by Carlos Cedes. Okay. And uh, trivia is a little light because this is a crazy, delightful, soap operatic show with lots of <laughs> twisted turns, and I've only watched these two episodes, and I was scared to Google for trivia because I didn't want things to get spoiled. So our two bits of trivia that I have are that the series ran for 66 episodes over three seasons and that it was filmed at Palacio de la Magdalena. Which is a very famous hotel in Spain. Uh, I was I was talking to... Um, a lady that's from Spain that lives here in Cedar, and I said, oh, we're watching Gran Hotel. And she said, oh, I've never heard of it. And I said, oh, it takes place in this beautiful hotel in uh, Cantabria. And she goes, oh, yeah, it's Palacio de la Magdalena. It has to be. And uh, She's right. turns out it is. <laughs> yeah, but it's amazing. Like, that hotel is uh, amazing. I'd love to visit there yes, sometime. Yes, the setting of this uh, series is just beautiful. And there's a lot to praise about the cinematography and, and uh, everything that goes on. But uh, I would highly recommend that any listener... Go and find this on Netflix. The entire series is there. And just watch the first episode. I think you'll be sucked in. It's amazing. That's our producer, Andrew, offering his <laughs> appraisal. I don't speak Spanish, and it's amazing. Uh, okay, yeah, a couple things I guess maybe we should also note. It is in Spanish with subtitles, which, uh, Todd, you have lived in Spain and you speak that Spanish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I imagine it sounded beautiful to your ears. And I have to say, I... I lived in Mexico for a couple of years. I speak Spanish, but I have not spoken it regularly for a long time. And after half of the first episode, I was able to completely stop looking at the, the subtitles and just listen. Though, it sometimes was interesting to look at the subtitles, because there are a few things where more is said than is translated <laughs> into the <laughs> subtitles. Uh, there- you, have to, you have to admit. So I hear people all the time. Um, I get this thing where people are like, oh, Spain, you speak that weird Spanish from Spain. But, like, when you hear Alicia Alarcón speaking Spanish, are you thinking, oh, my gosh, she sounds terrible? No, I don't think much negative about Alicia (laughs) 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 Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, no, I... I mean, she is beautiful. Okay, and, and I mean, if you have taken Spanish classes or you speak Spanish, you know that there is very different accents depending on different regions of the world, but it's not really a hindrance to understanding anything. Yeah, it's like British English and Spanish. Yeah. Uh, British English and uh, American English. All right, so Todd, um, <laughs> how did you come to this work? And this is kind of funny, because I've already said I've only watched two episodes of this series, but how did you come to it, Todd? 
Okay, well, um, so, so this is, once again, we've managed to find something that's inside of my wheelhouse, uh, but that I um, know almost nothing nothing about. So you recommended this to me, um, and then I recommended it to my wife, who then got totally hooked and watched all three seasons in about two weeks, <laughs> three weeks or something. Uh, she blew through it, and I watched, uh, I watched a lot of it with her. Um, so I've seen... The whole entire thing, except for about the last 15 minutes of the very last episode, <laughs> because I fell asleep. <laughs> but not because it's not good, just because I was so, so, so tired. Yeah, I had uh, seen some people mentioning this show on um, social media, and I was like, oh, that's one that I should mention to my wife that we should watch. And then I I think I was out of town at a conference for some reason uh, or something, and my wife and my mother-in-law, who was staying to help watch her kids while I was out of town, they, independent of me mentioning anything, had found it. And they binged like the first season while I was gone for for a weekend, and I came back and I was like, "Oh, I heard about the show that you should watch." She's like, "I've already watched <laughs> watched the first season. The first season." And then I watched, I think, just the first episode, and that's when I said, "Hey guys, we should do this Gran Hotel uh, show for for a podcast." And then you have binged it, but I just because of you know busyness and other things that we've had to watch for for doing this podcast i've only watched the first two episodes and rewatching uh, them in anticipation of doing this recording tonight made me say why have i only watched two i immediately wanted to go watch the third episode <laughs> and see what happens next yeah it's the, the thing that the thing that was so delightful for me about this is um so i i my specialty is spain um but one of the tricky things about about dealing with um, media from Spain is that they have just different sensitivities to things. So in Spain, you'll see a far lower tolerance level for violence and a, high, a far higher tolerance level for sex. So they look at us and they think we're bananas because our our entertainment is so violent, and we look at them and we think that they're bananas because their entertainment is so sexualized. And um, this is actually like... I think it's, I think it, uh, I don't know what it's rated on Netflix, but it seems like, like a TV PG to me. Like, it's really I would, extremely tame for something coming out of Spain, and I think it's pretty tame for, you know, like, considering, like, primetime television. I'd say it's um, about the level of violence and sexuality that you'd see watching a crime show in the U.S. I'd say, I'd say yeah. even, even less to a large degree. And what you've described, Todd, is really the entire case in, in most of Europe. Um, yeah. England included, uh, they have uh-huh. different standards for their television in all, in all kinds of ways. And, um, and for this it's, yeah, it, it is fairly tame, um, and, and not salacious in any way. I mean, there's a lot implied as you're going to find out when we do yes. our plot summary, <laughs> but it's mostly kept to implication, um, so I guess maybe we should, we should go ahead and jump in instead of dancing around some of these issues. So here's okay. our quick spoiler-free version of the synopsis, is um, imagine Downton Abbey in Spanish with more murder. And that is what <laughs> Grand Hotel is. And if that sounds interesting to you, which it, it very well may because we're, at the time of this recording, about to begin the last season of Downton Abbey. So if you're going to be looking for a show to replace your Downton Abbey fix, I would recommend looking to the Grand Hotel, which, again, is available entirely on Netflix, and I'm sure it's also available for purchase on DVD. I think... Uh, it might be worth saying that if you dislike how long everything seems to take in Downton Abbey, where it's, you know, eight episodes is like like a multi-year I span, like a two-year period, and all these things seem to be going, and then, and then apparently nothing happened for three months. This is the opposite, <laughs> because I've watched four episodes, and I think they've covered 36 hours. And so, so much happens uh, when our producer Andrew. It's almost like it's almost like Downton Abbey meets uh, uh, Twenty Four. Yes, <laughs> like yeah. it just is so fast paced, and uh, so many soap operatic plot twists and and um, things that you don't see coming, and these character interactions, and you're, you're keeping track of who knows what about whom. And uh, if if that's something that you enjoy, I think you will definitely get into this. And don't be scared away by subtitles if you don't speak Spanish. Hey, Todd, there's one thing that uh, we need to address uh, about our last episode that posted, and it's something I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed about because this individual that we slided unintentionally has done a lot for us. Not only did she <laughs> give us our great logo that we both are really 
really enjoy, that we both, that we both really enjoy. But she also recommended the episode that got us the most new listeners of anything we've done, I think, <laughs> in asking us to cover Gunner Creek Court. So I would like to apologize to Alana, who I refer to as Elisa in our last episode. It's unforgivable, and yet we beg for your forgiveness. And to beg enough for you, we're going to go ahead and cover that manga that you said you had been thinking about asking us to cover. Yep. So uh, I guess for Alana and all our other patrons, uh, we, we had a nice wave of patrons who donated. Just know we are getting to all of the uh, selections that you made. It's going to take a few weeks because we have a bunch of new ones to get through. But you are all on the docket for us to cover here in the early months of 2016. And if any of you other listeners are interested in supporting us on Patreon, you can do that by visiting patreon.com slash protagonist. Uh, and you can give us a monthly donation. It goes a, long, a little bit goes a long way. And we're really grateful to all the people who are helping us out. Yes, thank you all. We're very, very close to our next goal. So, so if you've been thinking about it, you just go ahead and... Slide a little donation our way, and uh, it would help us <laughs> to advertise and hopefully grow a little bit even uh, bigger in this, in this next year. Right. Okay, so that's uh, you going... You can put that in the middle, actually. Just leave it right where we were. Okay. It just has the break between the short... That works for boxes. me. Okay. All right, you ready for this? Todd, I am so excited for you to break down these two episodes into a coherent plot synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we'll get coherent, but um, it's only 1,874 words, so here we go. <laughs> Episode 1 begins as we see a good-looking uh, and roguish young man on a train station platform. He coolly lights a cigarette, and he checks out a beautiful upper-class young woman who gets on the same train. On the train, uh, this young man, uh, who is named Julio, opens a letter from his sister, and he begins to read. The sister, it turns out, was a doncella, or maid, at the Grand Hotel. In a flashback, we see the night of a big party in which they have this uh, ceremony to turn on the first electric lights at the Grand Hotel. So this is uh, early 1900s. Andres, one of the waiters at the hotel, knocks on Cristina's door and tells her she has to take uh, breakfast up to Doña Teresa, the owner of the Grand Hotel. Angela, the head maid, tells Cristina that she needs to take uh, this breakfast up, um, but this isn't normal, and Cristina's kind of weirded out by this. So she walks uh, up, uh, up to the room, and she walks by a couple of other maids, and they stare at her with, uh, with jealousy in their eyes. One of them comments to the other, whose name is Belen, uh, that how is it possible for Cristina to be the floor leader when she's only been there less than a year, and Belen has been there seven years. And Belen kind of turns this, uh, this light bulb while kind of staring daggers at Cristina. Uh, Teresa, uh, so Cristina goes in to give breakfast to Doña Teresa, the owner of the hotel. Teresa tells Cristina that Cristina has something that is hers and she needs to give it back. Cristina tells her if she does anything to her, everyone will know what Teresa has done and she will lose the hotel. And then she walks out. Uh, later we see that while Teresa is conducting, so now it's nighttime, Teresa is conducting the ceremony for turning on the lights, and Christina uh, is running away from some unseen assailant. Yes, this is all happening this fast. Uh, she runs outside the hotel. We see a flash of a light on a blade, and we hear Christina scream. Back to the present, uh, the pretty young lady from the train uh, is now arriving at the hotel. Her name is Alicia, and it turns out she's the daughter of Doña Teresa. Now we see Julio, the handsome young man, in this kind of hero shot. He comes walking over the hill, and he sees the I Grand think we Hotel. Say striding over the hill to yeah. really capture what this shot is like. Yeah, uh, it's a perfect hero shot. The music is fantastic. Um, it's all, it, it, it all is, is de uh, designed to show us this Julio guy is pretty cool. Um, he goes into the hotel through the services, the, the servants' entrance. In the kitchens, he meets the young waiter, Andres, the same one that had told uh, Christina earlier that she had to go take the breakfast up. Uh, Andres tells Christina, tells, and, tells Julio, sorry, Andres tells Julio that Cristina was fired for stealing the jewels of one of the hotel's clients. Uh, Julio doesn't believe him. Don Benjamin, the mater, so he's like the man in charge of all of the male waiters, uh, interrupts their conversation and asks if Julio is the new waiter. So he says, are you the new waiter? And Julio says, why, yes, I am. <laughs> and Andres sort of looks at him like, uh, what are you doing? Um, so now Julio is a waiter at the Grand Hotel. He sneaks into Cristina's room. And Belen walks in. Belen is the one that was really mad about Christina being uh, the floor leader. So Belen walks in, and um, and Julio says, "Oh, I'm really sorry." You can see that he's kind of he's kind of quick on his feet, thinking. Um, 
and uh, the, Christina and Belen had been roommates before Christina left. Um, meanwhile, the the real new waiter shows up. Uh, but then Julio magically comes out, and this is one of the amazing things is how how quickly people change their clothing, uh, Julio especially. Uh, Julio comes out, and he's dressed as a waiter, and he has all this confidence, and he and he says, let me see that letter, and he takes the letter, and he says, oh, there's been a mistake. We don't need a new waiter, um, and Andres is watching this whole thing just sort of in shock. And then, and then uh, uh, Julio sends this, this guy away who has come, and Julio just stole his job, and Andres says, you know what? That's kind of messed up what you just did. Um, Don Benjamin, who is the mater, and Doña Angela, who is the head maid, they gather the employees, and they tell them the rules, uh, which basically boil down to don't make any mistakes. They're very strict. Uh, Julio mentions to Andres, man, that Doña Angela lady, she seems really strict. And Andres says, yeah, she's my mom. Uh, Alicia then walks through the garden with a young man uh, called Diego. He proposes marriage to her. She doesn't seem too excited. She wanted to study and to direct the, ho- to, to direct the hotel by herself. Uh, then we see Alicia in the hotel with her mother. This is all still episode one, by the way. <laughs> like the first 15 minutes of episode one. And every one of these scenes is important. <laughs> yeah, I, Alicia- you can't cut one out because it becomes significant later. Alicia then argues with her mother because she says she doesn't love Diego. Teresa says that doesn't have anything to do with it. Uh, Alicia's father has left the family in this precarious position, and now Diego has some kind of sway over the family, but we don't really understand it, but uh, essentially they're all in Diego's hands, and Alicia has to marry Diego. Okay, no, Diego's been managing the hotel. Yes. So, I I don't know if that was said, but... So he's been managing since the father died and while Alicia was away. And Alicia wanted to come back and run the hotel, but instead... Her mom's like she has to. She has to marry yeah, Diego. Yeah, the mom's says, love has nothing to do with marriage. Why? Do, why? Why do you think that's even a factor? <laughs> <laughs> Next scene: Julio steals a suit from one of the clients, not off of one of the clients, but you know, like from a closet. From laundry room. Yes, uh, Alicia's sister Sophia now shows up at the hotel with her husband Alfredo. Uh, Sophia is pregnant, and uh, Sophia and Alfredo think that Alfredo is going to be named the director of the hotel. Alicia knows this is not true. Diego's going to be the director, uh, but Alicia doesn't say anything. Uh, now Julio shows up at dinner dressed up as a gentleman, and he introduces himself to Lady, uh, which is the woman that Christina was supposed to have stolen the jewels from. Uh, Julio tells Lady that his name is Julio Molines, that he's the nephew of one of Lady's friends, Rosalia Molines. And she says, oh, I don't remember you. And he says, oh, yeah, we went to the opera together. And she says, oh, yeah, you're right. And then they sit down. Uh, he asks her about the theft. She tells him nobody's ever stolen anything from her. Then Alicia shows up. Julio's kind of excited about this. And uh, she... <laughs> She tells Julio nobody's ever been fired for theft from the Grand Hotel. And, uh, and then Teresa announces the engagement of Alicia and Diego and that Diego will be the director of the Grand Hotel. And Sophia and Alfredo are kind of miffed about this. Then Javier, who's Alicia's brother, okay, so- he shows up drunk and with a prostitute. <laughs> I, so everyone, just to reset and make sure we got the family in place. Our, our main <laughs> players are Doña Teresa, the mother. Then there's Alicia, okay. uh, the daughter, who mm-hmm. is... The most competent. <laughs> yes. Then there's the sister. What's the sister's name again? Sophia. Sophia, who is pregnant and married to Alfredo. Yes. And then there's the brother Javier, who we've just met, as you said, drunk with a prostitute. At he shows up clapping loudly from the back of the room and uh-huh. making a scene. This is all very uncomfortable. So then Teresa goes and uh, slaps him silly and tells him go take a shower. I think it's important to make sure you pay the pro- make sure you pay the prostitute. Then she calmly takes off her ring and then slaps him. <laughs> Isn't it awesome when she does that? <laughs> and then and then she says, "I need to." She says, "Excuse." Uh, she 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 goes up and and sees Javier, and uh, and the, the the this woman that's accompanying Javier says, "It's nice to meet you." And Teresa says, "I wish I could say the same thing to you. Do you mind if I talk to my son in private?" And then she takes him into her room. She she's walks up to this desk, takes her ring off her finger, and then just says one huge slap on her son's face and says, go take a shower and make sure you pay that bill And the actor who plays Javier gives the best chin quiver I've ever seen in my life. At yeah, that it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> so, the dinner's still going on. Alicia goes outside to the balcony for some air, and Julio follows her. Uh, they have a moment in which Julio gives her a cigarette. Um, she, uh, he tells her he doesn't always do what he has to do. He does what he feels like he should do. And he tells her, I can tell that you're the kind of person that, that doesn't do what you're supposed to do. You kind of do what you want to do also. Um, and then, uh, Andres comes out. 
to serve them drinks, and he has also just this amazing, like, look of shock and horror when he sees Julio, uh, and Julio just is pretending like, like he's, uh, like he's a gentleman. Uh, after the dinner, this meek looking Diego tells Alicia that she doesn't have to marry him if, if she doesn't want to. Um, and he, but then he also tells her that Rosalia Molines doesn't have a nephew called Julio. And then he says, you know, what? if we, if you do decide to marry me, we'll run the hotel together like your father always wanted. And, and Alicia's like, you know what? This Diego guy seems like a stand up guy. And then Diego goes to his room and makes love to Belen. Yes. End of the episode. End of episode <laughs> yeah, one. You're, just when you're like, you don't quite know what to make of Diego in this episode. And then there's that scene in the hallway where he seems kind of contrite and saying, I, it's clear you're not quite as in love with me as I am with you, but we could make this work. Like, oh, he's not that bad. And then there's he's about to get amorous with a woman who is not his fiance. It's like, come on, yeah. Diego. Yeah. Uh, episode two begins uh, with Teresa telling Diego she needs him to do something for her. Then Andreas confronts Julio about the stunt at dinner. Julio tells him Lady told him that nobody stole from her. Julio demands to know who fired Christina. Andres tells him it was Diego. Julio thinks someone has done something to his sister, and he's going to find out who it is. Uh, later, Julio sees Diego leaving the hotel through the servant's entrance, and he follows him out to town, uh, and there's a tavern there, and they go in the tavern, and uh, he sees Diego tell the tavern keeper to throw Javier, this is the drunk brother who was uh, betting, he, who was with the prostitute, now he's betting on this bare-knuckle uh, boxing match, um, and Diego tells the tavern keeper to throw Javier out. So the tavern keeper's men come up, and they're, and they're trying to kick Javier out, and they kind of start to rough him up, and then Julio just jumps in and goes like bananas on these guys and beats up all of these men. It turns out Julio is a really, really good fighter, like street what fighter. What many skills that Julio possesses. He frees, he frees Javier, and they escape. They run back to the hotel. Uh, Alicia is now checking the hotel's register to see if this Julio Molines guy checked into the hotel. Then Hamin, the mater, asks if he can help. Uh, she tells him she's looking for Julio Molines. He says there's nobody, there's nobody around here called Julio Molines. So she's, she's getting a little suspicious. Uh, Julio then asks Andres who is the new floor leader, so who took Christina's place? And he says it's Belen. So we know Belen's, Belen's kind of dark. Diego's got something going on, maybe with Belen. Uh, anyway, pieces are starting to maybe come together. Julio sneaks back into Christina's room, and when Belen enters, he slips under the bed, and he notices when she steps on a loose floorboard. Uh, so then Tom, when I, she I, leaves... I interrupt you real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I don't think you did justice to how he slips under the bed. <laughs> this is like, like Indiana Jones sliding under the collapsing wall. Kind of. It totally is, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's a shot under the bed, and he just comes flying in and lands perfectly underneath, centered under yeah, the bed. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. <laughs> uh, so... He's uh, so Belen comes in and he so he's under the bed. She doesn't know that he's there, and she steps on a floorboard and it kind of moves. And he goes, oh, "There's something under there." And so she leaves, and then he comes out and pulls up the floorboards, and it turns out that there are some letters that Christina had written that, but she hadn't sent yet. And there's a picture of her, and there is a key. And so he gets all of that stuff and leaves. Uh, now Sophia and Alfredo, so this is Sophia, Alicia's sister, and her husband Alfredo, they are arguing because Sophia thinks that Alfredo is a milk toast and that he should confront her mother and, and demand that he become the director of the hotel. Alfredo says Teresa hates him, and if he confronts her, she'll never forgive him. Sophia tells him that he is a marquis, which he is. So he's a Spanish nobility, which is a big deal. And, uh, and she says, your status is important, and you need to go down there and talk to my mom. And he says, okay, and he goes down and talks to Teresa, and Teresa, like, totally shuts him down. She is, she is a cold, cold-hearted woman. Uh, Alicia then asks her sister if she thinks she should marry Diego, even though she doesn't love him. And Sophia says, no, don't marry him if you don't love him. You should follow your heart. And uh, you'll never be happy if you marry a man that you don't love. So don't marry him. So then Alicia kind of leaves that room in a hurry, and she comes out in the hall, and Julio's there. He's been checking that key that he found in all the doors. And when he sees her come out, he gets kind of startled, and he just walks into this room. And there's a, there's a, one of the hotel clients is in there. And then Julio has to kind of go back out, and as he comes back, out he drops the picture of his sister on the floor 
uh, now the photographer who had been at the at the dinner night, uh, there was there was a photographer, and he had taken a picture, and Julio was in the background of the picture, and Alicia sees that Julio was at the thing, so she takes the picture with Julio in it to Pascual, who's one of the waiters, and she says, "Who's this guy?" And he says, "Oh, that's Julio. He's one of the waiters." And she goes, "What?" And so uh, Julio is now he's he's continuing to check all the keys. Uh, all the rooms to see if the key fits, and Alicia tracks him down, and she catches him in, in his lie. Okay, now things really start to pick up. <laughs> it's been a little slow. It's been a simmering up to this point. So it's been simmering up to this point, but now things really start to pick up the pace. Alfredo tells Sofia he's leaving. Alicia slaps Julio. Then she asks him what, uh, why he did what he did. She threatens to call the police, and he tells her everything. Diego shows the picture that Julio dropped to Teresa, and they decide that they have to find the owner of the photo or they will lose everything then someone leaves a package for diego and he opens it up and finds out that it's christina's bloody clothing then alicia tells julio to call the police he tells her he has no proof of his sister's disappearance and nobody will listen to him because he's poor Sophia tries to stop Alfredo from leaving, and they have this scuffle on the stairs, and she falls down the stairs unconscious. Then Julio is now still begging Alicia, please don't tell anyone. He says, give me a month, and if I find anything, if I don't find anything in a month, then I'll leave. Then a blind man randomly <laughs> finds the dead body of the prostitute that had been with Javier in the forest. Then Julio reads another letter by Christina, and she tells him the, ho- the hotel is a good place until you make a mistake. Then Diego takes those bloody clothes, and he takes them down into the kitchens to try to burn them, and he sticks them in the stove. But before they burn, he has to leave. Now Don Benjamin tells Julio that he didn't serve breakfast, and Julio has to go to Javier to ask him to cover for him. Now Julio takes some water up to Sofia because she's, she's uh, having surgery because she's fallen down the stairs, and she's pregnant, and she's bleeding way bad, and all the viewers know that it's she's probably not going to be able to keep this baby i think alicia wait I, did you okay. miss julio finding the clothing no not yet oh, i thought he I, found that before he boils the water yeah um it, it sounds like todd's getting towards the end of an episode no this is like halfway into yeah. the second episode <laughs> okay well uh julio finds the bloody clothes in inside of the stove, and now he's totally distraught. But I don't think that happens quite yet. I think it happens in just a minute. Okay. You, uh, but anyway, if if I don't say that, know that uh, the Andrew, the, edit this uh, out. Just go back to where were you at, Todd? <laughs> uh, no, you're right. Okay, so let me start over. <laughs> Benjamin tells Julio that he didn't serve uh, one of the breakfasts, and so Julio has to go to Javier and ask him to cover for him. Now Julio takes some water up to Sofia, but when he goes to get the water, he finds uh, the bloody clothes. And, uh, and Sophia is bleeding really bad, and we know that she's probably not gonna, she's probably not gonna save the baby. Now, Alicia is really worked up about her sister, but Julio stops her in the hall and says, look, I found the bloody clothes of my sister. Uh, and, uh, and Alicia says, now you have the proof, now you have to go to the police. And he says, no, 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 no. Why would we go to the police? Uh, I don't think the police will do anything for me because I'm poor. Uh, and then she looks at the clothes and she says, hey, that stain on the clothes, those came from the pond. So now Belen shows up in Diego's office and she says, I'm pregnant. Uh, and Diego says, well, get rid of the baby. And Belen says, I'm not getting rid of the baby. And in fact, you're going to take care of the baby and of me. And he says, forget about it. And she says, I'm going to tell everyone that you've been sleeping around and that you slept with dun, 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 Christina. What? Yes. This, you can tell, rattles Diego big time. And he gives her some money, and he says, you go to town, and you abort that baby. And she says, I'm not going to do it. And he says, yes, you will, because nobody messes with me. And now we see that Diego is he's bad news. If we weren't convinced before, we are convinced now. <sighs> Alicia and Julio meet up at the pond, and he, he sees something. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite scene of the whole series so far. <laughs> He can't even get this out. He sees something shiny in the water and proceeds to take his shirt off, as one does in these situations. It literally, uh, he just is standing there and goes, I see something shiny. And then he starts unbuttoning his shirt. And Alicia's like, what? And then, she, and because, you know, this is early 1900s, and, and, and they're trying to keep some semblance of propriety. So she's like, oh, uh, okay, I'll... Uh, I'll stand over I'll go, here and look away. I'll go stand but over here But she's really looking watch. as he takes off she's his totally, shirt. She's totally watching him do it. And he says, you know, uh, you can just watch me because I'm not going to take my pants off. And she says, she says, no, 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 I'm not watching you. <laughs> um, so he goes into the water, and it's a button. It's a button for I, I one of the hotel say, uniforms. I'm pretty sure he could reach that button without taking his shirt off. Like, his arm gets wet. It's not like he he goes into the water. 
No, he just kind of he just kind of lean, reaches out, and he doesn't want to get the sleeves of his shirt wet. I think is what he's trying to yeah. <laughs> avoid there. But he's with Alicia Alarcón, and as we've mentioned, she's she is a beautiful woman who speaks beautiful Spanish, and uh, you know he takes advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. He's a, he's very opportunistic, as we as we have seen so far. So uh, a pianist shows up at the Grand Hotel with a bunch of dogs. Then Diego tells Benjamin to fire Belen. Then Andreas walks into Belen's room, and she's crying and crying and tells him the, telling him that she has to leave. And she tells Andres that she's pregnant, and then that's why she ha- she's been fired. And um, he says, well, who's the father? And she says, that doesn't matter. Um, my life is ruined, and I, wish, I just wish I could find a good man that would take care of me. And she sob, sob, sob. And he's like, well, maybe I could take care of you. And then you see this sneaky, over-the-shoulder smile. From Belen. She, she is manipulating him, and he is very manipulatable. Manip- manip- <laughs> yes. So then Andres goes and confronts his mother, Angela, and asks her not to fire Belen. Uh, and she says, I'm going to fire that woman because she's a cualquiera, and she's been, you know, sleeping around with a bunch of men. And he says, that baby is mine. And then she slaps him. And says, we could both be fired for this. And he says, you've got to intervene uh, for me, but not just for me, for the baby. Because that baby's your grandson. And she's like, oh, man, or maybe granddaughter. Uh, so now Sophia wakes up from her surgery, and the doctor tells her he wasn't able to save the baby and that she'll never be able to have children. And Teresa tells her that if she can't have children, Alfredo is going to annul the marriage. Because uh, and, I, I uh, want to point out, earlier in the episode, uh, or maybe it was in the first episode, hard to keep track. Uh, track <laughs> but uh, Alfredo and uh, Sophia were kind of making fun of a couple who couldn't have a child and talking about how a cousin was going to have to inherit everything. Yeah. Which, on a soap opera, don't do that. Don't make fun of... <laughs> because he's nobility. Yeah. He's nobility, and so, like, uh, to have an heir is really important. And if she doesn't have an heir, then he's going to annul the marriage so that he can go and have... Uh, a baby with somebody right. else. So Teresa tells the doctor, <laughs> she says, she goes to the doctor and he says, she says, you will tell everyone that you saved the mother and the baby. And he says, well, why would I do that? And she says, because I know uh, about some of the company that you've had at my hotel and your wife wouldn't want to find out about that. And he says, okay, I saved the mother and the baby. Uh, now the pianist's dogs have to stay with the waiters and Andres gets the job. End of episode two. <laughs> yeah. I've not seen any farther, but I'm just going to go ahead and guess that Belen's baby comes into play in the need for a newborn infant. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That may or may not happen. Yes. Oh, Todd. Great job summarizing a nearly impossible plot <laughs> to summarize. It felt a little like um, when I was summarizing Harry Potter, I kept thinking I could just skip that scene. It's, it's not really important. And then I get like three scenes on. It's like, oh, that other scene yeah. was, was important. Well, it's a sign of like tight storytelling is that there there is not a lot of cruft in this story. It is it is tight storytelling. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it goes for another sixty four episodes. Wow, uh, a lot to cover <laughs> with those. I think the two characters we're mostly going to focus on are Julio and Alicia, but mm-hmm. I do want to give real quick props to the actors who play Andres and Javier. Their facial reactions are something I always look forward to when they're on screen. Yeah, Andre, they, they are both really, really good, and they're just consistently good um, throughout. So before you really get going, I did kind of want to play a quick game with the two of you encapsulating most of these characters, if not all, I want you to give one word, first reaction, an adjective for each character. Okay, and just uh, a reminder to everyone, I've only seen these two episodes, Todd has seen most of the series, so that's uh, like our, Todd may have a broader reference, but we're trying, we'll try and contain it to just these two. Okay. Okay. Doña Teresa. Uh, Controlling. Cold. All right. Alicia. Beautiful. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Julio. Well, hold on. Let's go back and, and say something about Alethea's character. <laughs> she is not just beauty. She, um, she is supremely confident. I'm trying to, I, I don't know how to put this into one word, but she is simultaneously um, obedient, but uh, but not. I don't know how to say it. Like she's she's resistant. She's a good daughter to her mother, and obviously she had a great relationship with her father. And she's trying to do what her parents want. But she is still her own person. So I don't know how to quite put that in the single word. Well, I, uh, see, I have to, I have to temper. Right, because you have more information than what I have. Yeah. 
But, but do you I agree with what I'm saying right now? My like, impression from this episode, I think the first, I think that that one word first impression is true. She's beautiful. And that's the first thing that Julio notices about her. And it's the first thing that we notice about her is she's beautiful. And he, he stares her down on the, on the train platform. Uh, it's only later that we get to know her that we realize, you know what? She's actually really cool. Yeah. And, and I think maybe the word that I would use for her is like genuine. Like she wants to do what's right. Um, she has a will, but she's not like a cutout, like, I'm a bold, I'm a bold, educated woman, and I'm going to send my mom, you know, I'm going to tell her where she can go and how to get right. there. Her mom she's, says we need you to get married. She clearly doesn't want to, but she can. But she's like, you know what? I think I might have to get married to this guy because I'm not going to send my whole family packing mm-hmm. because I don't want to marry this guy. And and for all that she knows, Diego's a good guy. He was a good friend of her father. And uh, he's been really kind to her through this. And he even told her, if you don't want to marry me, that's fine. We'll just yeah. call the whole so thing off. So she hasn't seen everything. That the the she audience doesn't has know seen that, of Diego. No, she doesn't know any of the stuff about Diego. But at the same time, and so, like, she gets involved in Julio's investigation into his sister's disappearance in a way that someone who was simply subservient would not do. I, I, no. I suspect you'll spend a portion of the rest of the episode talking about her. Okay. <laughs> uh, Julio, one word. Skilled. Confident. <laughs> Skilled and confident? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was going with, like, resourceful, something along yeah. those lines. Uh-huh. Yeah, resourceful, I think, is... Real quick, if I could just say one thing about Julio. Uh, when I was watching the first episode, my wife had already watched basically the entire series. And he gets off the train after this eight-hour ride to the Grand Hotel. And I said, just kind of uh, jokingly, like, oh, his hair looks really good for having just been <laughs> sleeping oddly on a train for eight hours. And my wife just said, his hair always looks good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Javier. Drunk? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's so drunk in these episodes. Um, yeah, I... I think drunk is the word the word that came to my yeah. mind as well. Alfredo. Meek. Um aspiring but incompetent, I guess. Or, or milk, milk toast. Yeah, milk toast, yeah. Uh Benjamin. Which one's Benjamin? The ma- Benjamin. The the Mater D. Oh. Um Suspicious. Carson on <laughs> I would Jeff go with Abby. suspicious. That's the one I would go with. Uh, he's always like he's like looking out the window, and he can see that Julio, like he 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 he's the one that comes out and says, uh, "Are you the new Are you the new waiter?" And Julio says, "Yes, I am." And and then a little bit later, he sees Julio go out and confront the real new waiter. So he knows that Julio's yeah. kind of up to something, and he's kind of got his eye. So on yeah, it. I like suspicious, but he's not in on any. You know, he's not in on everything that's going on around him. But he's kind of suspicious that there's more happening than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. Diego. Oh, Conniving? Evil. <laughs> evil? Uh, Sophia? Ruthless? <laughs> to controlling? For Sophia? Or are you still... Sophia over her husband. Over her husband. Like domineering. She's like a Lady Macbeth. Yeah. Um, but maybe not quite so sinister. No. No. She's, uh, cause I, give her time. Cause you were, <laughs> maybe oh, because you were saying... Because I was going to say, um, just sad. Like, it's just sad what happens to her when she goes tumbling down the stairs and damages her uterus, as the doctor puts it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I agree, like you said, maybe there's more to it, but in, in the few scenes we've seen, she's clearly wanting to position her husband and in a way that the husband's... Mm-hmm. He doesn't play that social game. Uh, Belen? Did we already use conniving? We've used conniving, <laughs> right? Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, what's the you word said, that I'm looking for? Oh, well, manipulative. Yeah, earlier. manipulative. I, I think is what I would go for because she's like a she's a ladder climber. Yeah. Like she, as soon as she's pregnant, as she she knows she's pregnant. She goes to Diego and says, "I'm pregnant. It's yours, and you're going to take care of me and this baby." And she she's kind of like steely, mm-hmm. um, in that like resolve, like I am going to make my life better. And then and then he threatens her. And says, you're going to go and abort this baby. And she says, actually, you know what? I have a plan B. <laughs> and then she goes and, and does it. So she's she's also, in her own way, very resourceful. Yeah. She got to be the the, the floor leader. Uh, and then she's able to get Andres to go along with her. So she's, she's uh, yeah, resourceful, but in an evil kind of resourceful way. Right. Andres. So naively charming. 
Yeah, I think naive is a good word for him. His eyes get so wide anytime anyone is doing anything duplicitous <laughs> around him. And there's even, there's a scene early on where uh, he takes Julio up to serve dinner and they overhear Alicia talking with her mom and saying, I don't want to marry the guy. And when they leave the room, Julio's like, what did you think of that? And I was like, I didn't hear anything. I'm not supposed to. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> He says, "He says, what are you talking about?" And Julio says, "You know that thing." And he goes, "I don't, I, I, I never hear anything." And he's perfect. He wants to be the mater, like he just wants to be the best waiter possible. Yes. So he, I mean, in a way, a lot of these characters have aspirations, and they just have different methods that they're employing to get there. And he's the one that is like the perfect straight arrow. I'm going to be there because I'm going to be the best waiter that there has ever been at this hotel. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the others are like, who can I blackmail or manipulate or lie to? And, mm. and my last one, Pasquale. <laughs> I, so Pasquale. he's only been in there for like two scenes, but I'm just happy to see him every time he's been on screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say about Pasquale. He's he I, 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 he doesn't really figure super important in these in these ones. He's just kind of the guy that says, oh yeah, that's uh, you know, he's just sort of there for now. All right, so. Let's talk some about Julio and Alicia more depth. First, what are the skills that we see Julio possess in just these two episodes? <laughs> He's an incredible liar, I think we can say, first of all. Like, beyond an incredible liar. And even when he gets like caught by Alicia, when she now knows that he was pretending to be a gentleman, <laughs> and he's really a waiter, and she goes to confront him, and he's standing next to a cart in the hallway... He tries to play it smoothly that he's he's really a gentleman <laughs> and he's going all in and it's like if she didn't know I think she would have bought this. <laughs> she she goes and she says she says what are you doing outside of so and so's room and he says and he just he reaches onto the plate and starts eating the food <laughs> that he's gonna that he's gonna take into this room and he goes uh, he's an old friend of mine from childhood and she goes forget about it I know and he's like chewing the mouth <laughs> chewing the food. <laughs> So, and, and he lies with such confidence, like, whatever the situation mm-hmm. is, and for some of these lies, like, he has, he needs certain skills that I don't know how he possesses. Like, he knows how to be a waiter, perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> um, right from the get-go. And while we kind of learned some about Alicia's past and, you know, what her experience was with her father's and other things, he's, in these first two episodes at least, is kind of a blank slate where he's mm-hmm. just kind of super skilled at whatever he needs to be skilled at at that moment. Yeah. He can pick locks. Yes, yes, we saw him pick locks. With a knife. And he can he holds do his own him do in a fight. His, do, we, do we see him do the thing with the knife where he, he goes to the door and he flips out his jackknife and then he just goes like he just goes like click click and then he opens yeah. like any door with this big knife. I don't know how it happens. <laughs> and he's a fighter. We saw him in a brawl where he took out three uh-huh. people. He can swipe cigarettes off of a table. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot that he stole, he stole the he cigarettes stole those that he cigarettes offers to the guy. <laughs> yeah, but then he's really bad about like dropping the picture on the floor. Yeah, um, and but there's a couple skills that he shows that I don't want to give oh, any points oh, for. Where he, ground slide. Oh yes, he, he, he he's oh, very totally. nimble. <laughs> the slide under the bed is really really like, good. Like he, he's good at getting down to the ground level. Like he jumps into the pond really easy. <laughs> he <laughs> slides under the bed real. Well, reaches into the pond, uh, but. Some of his bits of detection are like based on his skills, where he's getting himself in the situation to, to find these things. But the loose floorboard, I'm not giving him any points for that one. <laughs> for no, no. That because when she steps on it, it moves so much. I'm more concerned about how she didn't roll an ankle. <laughs> like, yeah. how has this floorboard remained hidden? <laughs> and finding the bloody clothes is also um, chance. Yeah, and seeing something shiny in the pond and deciding to go get it, that's like my it's three-year-old's and version of the detection. Pond, that's Alicia. Yeah. So he, he has this odd mix of skills, but also relying a lot on luck and chance mm-hmm. in order to start piecing together this puzzle of his sister's murder. I'm assuming murder. I mean, we didn't actually see the murder in these first two episodes, but we saw a knife <laughs> and her screaming, and then we see her bloody clothes. But this is the kind of show where someone could turn back up who you thought was dead. <laughs> or someone could turn up dead. I had completely forgotten. So I watched these first two episodes a couple months ago, and I was still shocked when the blind man stumbled upon the dead prostitute. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> There's another dead body here? Yeah. It's really, um... There's a lot. There's a lot going on, and it just it never stops. Like, I'll uh, w- when Betty was blowing through these episodes, like I, you know, wouldn't see her f- for a day. I'd like go to work, and she'd be washing dishes and watching, you know, half an episode, and I'd say, "What happened?" And she'd be like, "Well," <laughs> and she'd tell me like, 
like three seasons worth of another show in a half a, half an episode of Gran Hotel. Like it's amazing how uh, how quickly the plot moves in not a lot of time. Like not very much time goes by, but there's just a lot of stuff happening. And there are, I will just say, um, there are some other characters who come in later that are really, really, really great. And I wish that we could talk about them, but we can't. So, all right. So about Julio though, um, does it bother you that we don't know how he does these things, or is the actor so charismatic that you just kind of go along with it? Uh, it's hard. Oh yeah, it's probably hard for you I to talk I was really about. so watching these two episodes. I was really pleased with Julio. Like I, I just thought he was really cool. And um, there are some. There's there's a there's a lot of. It kind of reminds me of like a like a. I mean, I think that part of what they're doing here is hearkening back to like 19th century serial novels. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um and just the kind of ludicrous plots that come out of of those <laughs> of those things. So you really do have to kind of suspend disbelief when 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 she, when Alicia confronts him and he tells her his story and she says I'm going to call the police and he says no 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 and she's like okay I won't. <laughs> and then and then later like they're standing there with his sister's bloody clothes. And he had said, I just need some proof, and then I'll go to the police. And she says, now you have your proof. And he says, no, the police won't, the, the, the police won't believe me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to solve this on my own. And you're like, really? <laughs> like, you should go to the police. It's like a blink. Why doesn't anybody ever go to the police? <laughs> like, just go to the police, Julio. Uh, and he doesn't. And if he did, then, you know, it would be like the story would be over right now. Yeah. Um, but we need three more seasons of this, so he has to figure this out on his own, and and uh, and he gets Alicia uh, in with him, you know, kind of in cahoots with him. So I don't know. And I, one, I think part of it is also knowing that these are the first two chapters of a larger story. You just kind of say maybe we'll find out how he can, you know, knows how to pick locks that easily. But I don't think that I'm revealing too much in saying that some of that kind of hand waviness like comes back to bite Julio. Mm-hmm. So, in spite of all of his skills, he does not always have the best judgment. Yes. <laughs> I, I, and I, two episodes in, I'm willing to buy that. <laughs> like he just steps forward for whatever his needs are at that moment, and most in the most confident way he can tries to obtain that particular need. But it doesn't seem like he has the like the next two steps after this planned out. So he wants to talk to um, the the patron at the hotel who's called Lady to find out if. Her jewels were really stolen. So in his first day on the job as a waiter, he goes and imitates a guest at the hotel. And it seems like if you're planning out, <laughs> like, I'm, I might have to be here for more than a single day. I might not want to become a known yeah. face as both a waiter and a patron at the hotel. <laughs> and, and Todd, you, you skipped a tiny bit that I just remembered that I loved. I skipped something? <laughs> yeah, there was, there was some. It's at the beginning of the second episode, it's uh, Andres' mother is, like, smelling the coat that Julio wore when he was oh, pretending yeah, yeah. to be a, a hotel guest. And she says, and they're like, this is cheap cologne. I'll always recognize this smell. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I, never, I never forget a smell. And, and Julio's, like, smell. nearby, and he, like, hears that. He's like, what? <laughs> like, yep, am I going to be in trouble? <laughs> switch this? my cologne. Got to go switch my cologne now. <laughs> yeah. I just, there, there, there are moments in, over the course of the next few seasons where I'm like, oh, Julio. Yeah. Like... Uh, you know, and I, well, so, so I really wish you would make better choices. Yeah, and I think even just in these two episodes, like I already said, the one that kind of came back to bite him already, where Alicia finds out right away that he's, you know, not just a waiter. Um, so that part of his scheme kind of falls apart within episode two. But then there's uh-huh. the one where he kind of impulsively follows Diego out to where Javier is having the the boxing match or, or betting on the mm-hmm. boxing match, and he saves Javier without being seen by Diego. And that saves him in the next episode. So in this, like, there's one instance where the impulsiveness kind of throws a wrench into his plans. Another one where uh-huh. it, un- you know, it was an unintended positive benefit for him that he, Javier owed him a favor. Yeah, if it was D and I think we could say that Julio is like chaotic good. <laughs> Definitely chaotic. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not a tactician necessarily. It's no. Um, in, in some ways, it's kind of like what we talked about with with Katniss. Where if you're in trouble in a particular instance, you want that person by your side. If you're trying to plan out the entire, you know, course of action, they might not be the best one to consult. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not a he's not a he's not a thinking man's hero. He's he's all like impulse and action 
and it gets him into a lot of trouble in a lot of cases. And um, so, yeah. All right. Let's talk about Alicia. Okay. What do you think about her? Besides that she's incredibly yeah, beautiful. Yeah, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, um, and, and they were obviously casting just beautiful people for these main roles. Uh, yes. It's, uh, shocking, I know, that a TV series <laughs> would try and do that. Um, it, it's interesting because we kind of got into this a little bit already, but she's this interesting mix of being loyal to her family, but also pursuing her own wants. Um, mm-hmm. So she goes along with what her mom asks her to do and what Diego asks when he proposes, but she's immediately kind of feeling out with her sister, like, should I do this? Like, should I actually go along? Um, so it's mm-hmm. not like outright rebellion, but she's kind of testing some of the waters. And like I said, are getting wrapped up into Julio's investigation is not something that someone who was just the loyal daughter would do. So she does have this right. kind of proactive streak of um, what's in her own interests or her own, you know, satiating her own curiosity while still kind of maintaining some bounds that Julio doesn't seem to know exist <laughs> when it comes to uh, society and how you, how you function. <laughs> yeah. I think you've nailed really the, the, the two forces pulling on her. So there's one, this force of propriety and doing what the right thing is and the right thing for her family. And then there's and also, this Julio. Yeah, who also is this not just the just, right thing for her family, but like what society expects of her mm-hmm. at that moment. And then you have Julio, who's just this powerful force of nature, <laughs> like chaotic force of nature. Uh, and she's really attracted to that. And, and that's like, that's essentially the setup for the rest of three seasons. Yeah. And uh, they've both given glances at each other, but somehow it's never happened simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're giving the logging glance like, Oh, this person, there's, there's something here. Yeah. And, and it's a slow burn. It's not yeah, like... in a show that has so much chaos, like, I, I already two episodes in, I can tell, I'm not going to be getting a payoff of them, you know, kissing or anything in episode three. No. No, it's a long... Their relationship is, a, is like, a, a nice, long, slow burn that I think contrasts really well with all of the chaos that's happening with the plot. Um, and that's... Uh, I, I don't know. I just... The more that I think about this story, the more I admire the writers for balancing all of this chaos... And and managing to maintain this really like pretty tight um, story, and and to and to show just a huge deal of restraint uh, in the relationship between uh, Alicia and and Julio. Yes, where the the audiences have seen that there's an attraction there, but neither one has seen it from the other one, and to some degree, I don't know how much they're willing to admit to themselves <laughs> that there's an attraction. Uh, between them thus far in the series. Well, Julio, Julio's far more willing to, I mean, he's flirting with her. He's the one that goes out on the balcony when she's out there. And he, 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 that's not part of his plan to find his sister. Yes. This is another one of those moments. (laughs) There's no reason for him to go out onto the balcony, except that she's there and she's alone. And he wants to, you know, get a get a sense for, you know, who she is, and he's very intrigued by her. So this and is also, again, going into how he ignores all propriety. Like, this is right at, at the party about her engagement. <laughs> and then right. he goes out to flirt with her on the balcony. And he's he's kind of flirting with her, and she talks about her dad and how her, her father has passed away suddenly. Nobody knows how. Oh, I forgot about <laughs> um, that. Yeah, file that away for potential future plot point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She says, my father passed away recently, and he says, oh, how did she die? How did he die? And she says, I don't know, it was sudden, but we don't really know what happened. Um, and then he says, oh, I'm sorry. And he kind of reaches out to, like, stroke her shoulder, and she looks at him like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, oh, sorry, you know. But he uh, he's definitely, he's way more into her than she is into him at this at this stage. And she's, you know, she's just been engaged to Diego, and she thinks that that's probably going to have to happen. Right. And again, at this so point... she's not out there looking for him. He's looking for her. Mm-hmm. At this point, she thinks Diego's, again, the good guy that's been loyal to her family. When they go out to the pond, Julio's like, I see something shiny, and he just starts <laughs> to take his shirt off like... Like, she's here. Uh, you know, if Doña Angela had been out there, he probably wouldn't have been in such a hurry to get his shirt off. <laughs> but... <laughs> 
But uh, <laughs> but as soon as she starts to see him do it, then she she turns away. She's like, oh, I'll I'll go uh, I'll go look, you know. And he's like, hey, you can watch. <laughs> I don't mind. So he's definitely he's definitely far more um, like pushy in this relationship than she is. Uh, and, but I like um, how you described that this story kind of needs that steadier, slow burn of that relationship for the audience to care about, as well as all of the madcap lunacy of schemes upon schemes upon schemes that seem to be happening yeah. all around them. And, and, and that they're a part of. I mean, Julio is obviously uh, scheming himself, but we, we're getting all these hints of uh, secrets and, and plots and plans that are going on. I think if it was just that those kinds of topsy-turvy insanity, which can be fun to watch, and, and it can be fun to try and keep track of who knows what and, and guess what's going to happen next. It's not as rewarding for a long-term kind of story unless you do have something at its core that you're going to care about a little more. Yeah, I think for something to have, like, staying power, you have to have that long arc. And... Um, I mean, already some of the mini arcs are being done away with in two episodes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you will see things as you watch this, as you watch these these, uh, seasons come and go. You'll see something that seems super-duper important will last one episode. Uh, And then other things will take a little bit longer to develop. But this relationship between uh, Julio and Alicia, that's that's the bedrock. Like, that's the foundation. And so, you know, it lasts a long... It takes a long time for it to develop. (laughs) uh, I just want to mention one thing about uh, the insanity that goes on all around this. Um, When our producer, Andrew, came in to to set up the recording right before we started, (laughs) I was making a joke about how he took off his shirt to reach his arm into the water of the lake. And he said something like, Oh, well, he gets his shirt off a couple times, this, you know, in these two episodes. I'm like, no, I think this is just the one. He's like, oh, he hasn't been blackmailed into boxing yet? I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, he does not get blackmailed into boxing in these two episodes. He's like, well, I'm only a couple of episodes ahead of you, so I don't think I spoiled anything too far into the future. <laughs> so no, just know, weird crazy. plot points are going to come up left and right. <laughs> um, and I think... It- I cannot wait for you to get to about episode eight. <laughs> <laughs> you have to call me. <laughs> Um, you'll know when it happens. You'll go, oh my gosh, I have to call Todd right now. Um, I think it's interesting that in kind of the early phase of episode two, they do away with him trying to lie to Alethea. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, like I was wondering. I, if other they, shows would would do three seasons of that. Oh yeah, I was gonna. Tr- mm-hmm. I was wondering if they're gonna try and string out him being both a guest and a waiter. And I was like, that's gonna be ridiculous. But they don't. It's like done <laughs> within. Yeah, you know that is, he's like well, he got all the information he was gonna get. At least, at least that's done. At with, least for her, for, for Alethea. Oh, okay. <laughs> And like I said, uh, people who maybe you think are dead or aren't going to be dead, maybe someone... Uh, yeah, there, there'll be all sorts of twists and turns. I look forward to watching the rest <laughs> of these. Um, and let's see, just a couple last things before we wrap up here. I did enjoy um, in Belen's scene when she is manipulating Andres, and she's crying about how she's been fired, and she says, you just make one mistake and you're done here. And I thought... Like, your mistake was getting pregnant and trying to blackmail the manager of the hotel. Is that really just just one mistake? Like the blackmail, particularly? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, obviously she's trying to manipulate him, but when you try and like pin down, what is the one mistake that she made? Yeah. Um, and also in that next scene when Andres goes to his mother, I just jotted down as a note: "Oh, Andres, you're so noble, but no one believes you've gotten anyone pregnant." <laughs> <laughs> Like you're, he's, he's, he's just everything about him is too good for him really to be happy. His mom, do you think his mom believes him when he says the baby's mine? I, she slaps him, <laughs> but there's a lot of slapping, so <laughs> it's hard to say. I, I, I can't imagine that that lie is going to carry forward, just from what we've seen of that character so far. I don't know if this is Julio's influence rubbing off on him that he wants to try and. <laughs> lie his way out of a situation. It's like, I see how uh-huh. this works. I just go and say it confidently. Uh, and everyone believes me. And, and things turn out in my favor. But it's, it, I can't imagine that will turn out in his favor. <laughs> oh, there's so much. There's so much for you to see. I hope that it doesn't take you like five years to get <laughs> well, through this because there's so much that I want to talk to you about. Here's a little tease, uh, listeners. Um, we are going to be recording just a 20-minute special episode of our just 
reactions of having seen Star Wars and Force Awakens one time in the theater. This is going to be a full episode, but it's going to be a minute, 20 minute episode. We're going to make it available to all of our patrons. So anyone who has donated any amount on patreon.com will be able to listen to that episode. After I get to that episode that Todd's talking about, we will record a 20 minute <laughs> patron episode. That is, it's not a full analysis or anything. It'll just be us having our reactions to whatever this plot point is that Todd's excited for me to get to. It's so crazy. It's so bizarre. Uh, it it makes all of this stuff in these first two episodes just like pale. Seem tame. <laughs> like remember yeah. how quaint those plot <laughs> so twists were. All right. Well, Todd, it's, anything uh, else that shocking. you want to uh, share uh, as a, before we wrap up this episode? I just want to just uh, once again tip my hat to the writers of this uh, for creating so many really great characters and some of them are admittedly kind of um like cut out characters yeah, like Teresa she just is if she seems really <laughs> like cold and uh but there are there are some other um there are some other characters that are come up that are going to come up uh fairly soon so I don't think I'm giving anything away but there's a detective from town called Ayala and he's just awesome and his assistant, uh, Hernando. And then um, a little bit later, you'll meet uh, one of Alicia's friends whose name is Maite. And she's this very, like, strong um, – she's a, she's a lawyer. And she's really well-educated. And she kind of gets in on helping s- solve the stuff that's going on. And they're just all – like, all of these characters fit together really well. And they play – uh, off of each other really well. The acting is awesome, and it's just a really great, like, fun cast. And there's a ton of variety. There's good guys and bad guys, and um, there are some characters that are really complex, and some that are just bad. <laughs> and uh, it's it's the, one of the things that I really really enjoyed about this was um, like Julio. I, I think he, I think if you were to say who is the protagonist of this, you would say it's Julio and Alicia. Um, and I think you'd be right, but I don't think that they're even maybe my favorite characters in this, in the whole story. There are just so many great, great characters that surround them. Listeners on facebook.com slash protagonist podcast. That's our Facebook fan page. Let's keep this thread alive. If any of you start watching this and you want to come in just at the start of a comment, say what episode you're on and say what you have. And maybe we can get some threads going discussing this series that has so many great twists and turns. I, as I watch it, I think of Lost a lot, especially for the multitude of diverse characters that you can, that you can attach to. And not that anyone is the Jack or the Hurley or the Sawyer or the Kate or, or whatever, but it makes me think of Lost where this is a character I love. And then this is a character I love to hate. And this is a character that I hate that I hate. And, and now they're all in a scene together and you're just you know, wondering how these interactions are going to go. I think also, um, they, the writers do a really good job of setting people up one way and then, and then kind of turning things like with these twists where you go, Oh, that maybe that person isn't exactly who I thought they were. Yeah, I mean, were. It, just and in these first two episodes, you have the Diego one, where at the end of the first episode, you might be thinking, oh, he's, he's actually not that bad a guy. And then suddenly you're like, oh, Diego. <laughs> yeah, and Diego's not the only one. And, and some, of them, some of them change really quickly like that. And some of them, it takes a long time for you to realize kind of what's going on. Um, but they, it, the, even some of these characters that look like they're kind of um, stereotyped at the beginning... Uh, it turns out that they're more interesting than they appear. And that's it's a lot of fun to watch that un- unroll. So hopefully, listeners, some of you will go and discover this series. Again, if you have a Netflix account, you can find it all there. And please do keep us informed if you are choosing to uh, to look into the series. Uh, we love to hear when listeners say that they've gone and read a book or you know gotten a comic book series or started watching a show because of an episode that we've done. That happened several times last year, and I think that was one of my favorite interactions was finding out that people were uh, choosing to pursue some new media or entertainment because of a discussion that we had here. Yeah, I would just add, if, you, if you're going to go sit down and watch this, um, when I say TV PG, I, I, I really mean like the PG part. Like, you, I think parents should watch this before they decide if they want to watch the, it with their kids. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, but, uh, there's, like we said, 
there's bloody clothes and implied murder, and there's no doubt of what Diego is doing with Belen, even if it's not explicit, uh, you know, right. what's, on, what's on screen. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in iTunes, and please leave us a review that helps us to find new listeners and also helps us to feel good about ourselves. And links to things that we've talked about in this episode are at protagonistpodcast.com. That's where you can also find a list of all of our previous shows, and you can suggest stories or characters for us to discuss or give us any comments or corrections by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com. We're also on Twitter, at ProtagonistPod, at Todd K. Mack, and at Jay Dorowski. And our producer, Andrew, is at Andrew underscore Dorowski. And our Facebook fan page is Facebook.com slash ProtagonistPodcast. And that's where most of our discussion takes place. So if you have any feedback uh, about a particular episode, that would be uh, where I recommend that you go look. We have a couple of ways for you to support us. Um, first of all, Patreon, as we've mentioned before, if you uh, would like to buy a topic for us to discuss or just support us with a financial donation, you can click the support link on our homepage or go to patreon.com slash protagonist. And we're excited to announce today that we have a new way that you can support us. Uh, if you go to the link uh, protagonistpodcast.com slash Amazon, and then just buy whatever you want to buy on Amazon. Uh, then we get a little kickback from that. So it doesn't change uh, the cost of anything you're buying on Amazon. Nope. It just takes a small percentage from Amazon and gives it to us. Yeah. So uh, everybody's. I mean, a lot of people buy things from Amazon anyway. So next time you're going to buy something on Amazon, go to protagonistpodcast.com/slash/amazon. And then make your purchase, and it'll help us out a little bit with the show. So for example, so. if you're going to go buy a DVD set of Grand Hotel. For example. You can go to Amazon.com. Or no. You can, <laughs> uh, you can go to Dragonspodcast.com slash Amazon and do that. And it just helps out a little bit. Yep. So thanks again for listening. And we'll be back next week to discuss another great character and a great story. So long. So long. That's much better. That, that, that actually did record I'm a gonna lot clean, better. I'm going to clear out some phlegm. All right. How's this sound? <laughs>